Take a look through your medicine cabinet, from skin cream to body wash and deodorant. Many of these products share an ingredient, witch hazel, and the witch hazel industry got its start in the Connecticut River Valley. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. And we're on a detour this week through some of the interesting ways people from New York to Boston have used plants, trees, and herbs. Witch hazel comes from a small tree, really more of a shrub. It's light brown with green leaves and yellow flowers. You might see it growing in clusters in the woods anywhere in the eastern United States. But historian Melissa Josefiak says it's especially common around her hometown of Essex. In these swampy areas witch hazel grows really well. Even if you prune it all the way down, it will grow back to its full height in seven years. You're making the most out of a, of a nuisance shrub, is what we say, and we've got a lot of it in the Connecticut River Valley. Witch hazel has been a staple of self-care since before Europeans came to America. The Mohegan tribe in Connecticut used it to treat the common cold, eye and skin conditions, muscle aches, and a bunch of other ailments. So in a nutshell, you could say witch hazel is a soothing salve. Melissa says witch hazel is an unusual plant because it blooms in the winter. So to Native Americans and to the European settlers, it was considered almost magical because that's a time when most plants are dead. The most basic method was to gather up the branches and flowers and carry them back to town in bushels, then grind them up and boil them to make herbal salves. But when you take those branches, especially as they're blooming, and you chop them up and you distill them or put them through water and you steam them, they produce an extract. And that extract is what ends up on drugstore shelves around the world today. A local missionary first pioneered the formula in 1846 and sold it in Essex. Within a few decades, a local entrepreneur named T.N. Dickinson took over the witch hazel market, built a factory on the railroad tracks in the center of town. The business got its start in the snake oil era, when newspapers sold all sorts of weird remedies, some not very effective. And they are clever enough, savvy enough, marketable enough to take it from the snake oil salesman pitch into something that you need through advertising, through careful product placement. This is something that every American household should have, witch hazel in your medicine cabinet. Melissa flips through a huge scrapbook of newspaper clippings from the first half of the 20th century. Some are ads for Dickinson's Witch Hazel with a picture of a cartoon witch for marketing. That's a misnomer because the name has nothing to do with witches. It comes from an old English word that means soft and pliable, like the branches. But of course, a clever marketing campaign can mean everything. But the witch conveys the idea of magic of a certain healing power. It's an approachable witch, if you want to look at it that way. And she could solve your family's ills with this astringent. Dickinson claimed, or Witch Hazel could claim, that it would cure everything from acne to cancer at certain points. A 1914 newspaper article described the traditional method of gathering witch hazel. Witch hazel choppers require no complicated equipment. Rough, warm clothing and a small axe, well sharpened, cover the case. Oxen are used for hauling the brush since they work much better in the swamp than horses would. Harvesters still venture out into the woods, only now the oxen have been replaced by trucks and heavy machinery. I went out into the woods with a harvester for American distilling late last fall when the witch hazel plants were blooming. It's easy to pick out in the fall because it flowers in the fall with 
scraggly yellow uh, petals. So you, you cut them down just uh, with a chainsaw? Yep. Like I say, stack them in piles. I've got a grapple on the back of my tractor. I can pick the piles up and skid it out to a landing where I, where I chip it. Bob Haynes picks up bundles of witch hazel and shoves them into the wood chipper attached to his truck, two or three big bundles at a time. The chips make their way to East Hampton, Connecticut, the headquarters of American Distilling. That's a company that now makes the original T.N. Dickinson products, plus a whole lot more. Vice President Brian Jackowitz leads me onto the factory floor. Empty bottles roll down assembly lines as workers man giant machines. Big metal vats line the walls. It smells like witch hazel. Witch hazel is, permeates every, uh, every pore of this building. It's like a woodsy, earthy smell. But it also has the whiff of a distillery because of the process used to make it an astringent. It's preserved with 14% grain alcohol. So as you see on this line, this is our cosmetic line. We're running our... Dickinson's Hydrating Toner. Uh, that's our alcohol-free witch hazel product that uh, hydrates the skin and removes excess oils and impurities. On another line, bottles that will make their way into pharmaceuticals. Witch hazel ends up in sunscreen, acne pads, anti-itch cream, anti-aging cream, and just about anything else you can imagine putting on your skin. Here we have our Humphreys uh, organic witch hazel line. That's the one my girlfriend uses. I, re I, I recognize that logo. The Humphreys? Yeah, I the recognize Humphreys the one? lady with the... the oh. yeah. <laughs> That's great. That brand goes back to 1854. Witch hazel became really popular with the organic natural skincare movements that took off in the 1970s. I mean, what is more organic, local, native than witch hazel, right? It literally grows in the woodlands of New England. The business has come a long way from the early operation of T.N. Dickinson. Dickinson's sons ran competing businesses, and in the 1990s, they were brought together by Brian Jackowitz's father under the American distilling label. And, uh, you know, my father had the vision to say, you know, look, there's only a few companies making genuine witch hazel in the world, okay, and I could probably produce it better, faster, cheaper, that's his little saying, better, faster, cheaper than anybody. And if you know, I figure out how to automate this. Brian says he's proud of his family business and all those familiar bottles still found on the shelves of American medicine cabinets. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and we'll wrap up our series on all things green and growing next week by going on a nature walk in New York City with a man who's spent his life trying to convince New Yorkers they can eat what grows on trees. <laughs>